So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops.
Welcome to the 337th episode of Cinema PsyOps. Not only is this the 337th episode of this show, this is the 337th consecutive week of our fucking lives that we have produced this fucking show for all of you. That is me, your host, Court, and the guy that does the bulk of the shit that keeps this show on a chug-chug-chugging, and the guy that tries to pull his own weight, but let's face it, it's way too much to pull, is Michael Osmet! Life is pain, darkness, and meaningless, and I fucking hate everything. Okay, first of all, stop listening to Morrissey and the Smiths. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I don't know who that is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, okay. ah, well, that just we completely ruined suck, my man. joke. <laughs> we can suck. Oh, yeah? My yes. wife got COVID, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yours, yours is a little bit worse than mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it started developing, what, Wednesday night, Thursday, basically, is when yeah. the symptoms showed up. She got tested, or she got a home test on Friday, came up positive. I think your wife actually gave her the home test that she used, actually. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And then she went and got it done so that it was actually part of the registry, even though the state wants to deny that it's happening and probably won't do anything with the numbers anyway. But also to, not. to get the full test. And that's when it was confirmed there. Yeah. Yeah. That one sucks, too, man. Uh, it's been a rough, uh, rough couple of days for the people at Omaha, or at least for, for you and me, <laughs> for different reasons. But yeah. still. Well, here's the here's the thing. It's I mean, the wife had her shots. She had the booster, and yeah. um, the symptoms are, are are as they've described them. Whenever you're shot with the booster, she has a breakthrough, and it's more or less like a nasty cold for her. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's still terrifying when you know it's happening again. Of course, yeah. And then you the, never know. You don't want to be that that very small percentage of people who are even vaccine boosted who get it really bad. You don't want that because that could still happen. But uh, yeah, and luckily boosted or vaccine boosted, and more than likely she's going to just get over this like you would a common cold because she's vaccine boosted, right? And and uh, she is she has normal life. She has been getting better, and while she's basically been run down and she likes to sleep a a lot, I mean that's mm-hmm. what we do on the weekends anyway so i was like yeah let's just do that and we'll ignore the fact that we're doing it because you don't feel good yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, i mean that works yeah and how are you th- feeling again no real symptoms just like yeah. when she got it during the actual part of the pandemic nothing developed from mm-hmm. me um again that's good i know but like i don't i don't understand why but i'm grateful that that's the case you know yeah, i mean right. like and yeah. i can't say i can't say no symptoms at all because i've had sniffles and i've had to blow my nose and i've in things yeah. like that but i don't i don't know if that's just because it's winter weather for me or if perhaps maybe I'm fighting it off as well um why I seem to have a stronger immunity against it than my wife I don't fucking know you know um yeah we, we kind of knew that we were playing a roulette game and we could be exposed and something could happen when we were at the show and we do acknowledge that and it is a possibility yeah. that that could have been where she picked it up mm-hmm. but, definitely yeah, I mean but where she works also forces them to be there every day and there's a person that she worked with that developed symptoms before Bev and they were there at work walking around without a mask on talking to people as well so it and could have been... even more people in that office have come down with it so <clears throat> it very well could have just been a workplace doing it yeah yeah and I mean and that's what I told Bev I'm like look your your office is you're going to be the point where you're probably going to catch it that is where yeah. where you show up every day is the place that you're the most likely to catch it you know mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> you know that's that's all I can kind of figure and I'm just grateful that 
she's doing okay. Um, we're yes. run, I'm running the air purifier like crazy because it, it ionizes the air and makes it hostile to yeah. viruses. So we're breathing the air <laughs> that's ionized. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I'm just trying to run the fucking thing like in the same room that we're sleeping in, you know, just hoping yeah, that... Yeah, it's a hell of a world we live in now, yeah, huh? Yeah, it's, uh, it's fucking terrifying, man. But like the fucking pandemic has been in my door twice now. And yeah. I just like, I've, I've just, I've fucking had enough, but I'm oh, sure everybody God. else has as well. Yeah. If I were a scumbag piece of shit, like Joe Rogan, I could use what I apparently have as somewhat of a natural immunity to huck bullshit to people and make a mint off of them and their misery. But unlike a piece of shit, like Joe Rogan, for instance, I wouldn't do such a thing because that's cruel and wrong. I'm telling everyone I'm incredibly fucking lucky and I did everything the scientists told me I should do. And I think yeah. that's why I've continued to be incredibly fucking lucky. Also, there is evidence that being high as fuck may actually insulate you and protect you from a fucking article that I read, but really, I'm not going to credit that at all. I'm just going to say being high as fuck may protect you from articles you read. <laughs> I'm just going to say that being high as fuck protects me from wanting to attack you at every bad joke you make. Oh, well, that's just mean. <laughs> but accurate. But think you're high as fuck for it. Right. <laughs> Look, I'm not wrong. I'm just an you're asshole. Not wrong. You're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the movie this week is The Killer is One of 13. Spoiler alert, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not One of 13. It definitely is not. They lied to you in this fucking movie. Yeah, right. But anyway, aside from that, if you can get over that little bit of a hurdle, this is a really fucking interesting movie. And I'm going to say it now, Matt. I am going to uh, make the very bold statement that for me personally, and I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm going to assume that we're going to line up because we, we seem to line up really directly with mystery movies like we seem to have the very same opinion about them whether they're good or bad we we seem to like them the same and i'm just gonna say that i feel like we are now four for four so it's safe to say that we are going to be four out of five guaranteed on giallo january before we even do the yeah. review yeah guaranteed this is gonna i, I enjoyed this it's four this have, yeah we're at least going to have four out of five yeah that's fucking amazing like this has been a hell of an adventure and the best part about this man is that there are giallo purists out there who will claim that uh, this movie is not a true giallo because it was made in Spain. And we covered like oh. at least three different giallis this giallo January that I think were not actually fully Italian productions or at least were not even shot in Italy. Like I know we've why done at least two of them so far. Yeah. Why are they gatekeeping on where a giallo can be shot? Come on. <sighs> okay. Whenever you have a special interest in something, it becomes a part of your personality sometimes for some folks because they refuse to develop beyond that as the definition yeah. of who they are, a, make a I film nerd. And so mm -hmm. when someone else takes away the only thing that they have that they can identify themselves as different than, they gatekeep it. Oh, okay. Well, that's too bad for them. They shouldn't do that. Right. But like, dude, it's a community. So if somebody else is into the same thing yeah. as me, like, I don't care when they discover it. Let's fucking talk about like, if you've seen it and how much you liked it or not. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> let's have some fun. Right. But anyway, uh, I can understand the idea that it has to be, you know, purely Italian because it comes from these Italian murder mysteries. But then I say to you, do you have an issue with, say, any Agatha Christie uh, adaptations done in the States? No. Because <laughs> if you do, then uh, technically it's not an Agatha Christie movie and technically it's not champagne unless it comes from that region in France. Otherwise, it's just sparkling shit tasting shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just fucking just calm down, everybody. By the way, I mean, that, I, I mean that about all champagne. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Or as you want to call it. 
uh, fuzzy shithole water. Yeah, fuzzy so. shit shit water shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's what champagne tastes like to me. But like, okay, before we start going into this like really sociopolitical, economical discussion about class warfare and how champagne is horse shit and all these other diatribes that nobody else cares about, why don't we just Blood diamonds? Cut? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna cut all of that shit out right now. If you're listening to the pirate radio edit, murder ballots worked so well for us last week. I decided to just do it again. So. Might as well. Yeah. Coming up, we're going to have probably the most poppy, happiest murder ballad ever fucking written, but it's going to be covered by Postmodern Jukebox right after this Legion Patreon ad. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet. My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now... Back to the cutting room. Michael Jackson's smooth criminal filtered through the lens of what postmodern jukebox likes to do. So they they take this century's hits and they take them and they do them in the old school style just like that. Like that sort of jazzy lounge music. And I knew that that's like the sort of shit that you would be into. That is. I like that shit. (laughs) But I chose it because you much better understand the lyrics the way that she performs it. And therefore, it is inarguably a murder ballad. It is. That is definitely a murder ballad. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's all about murder. Right. Well, while the trailer of this film would probably be all about murder, I could not find one and therefore think it does not exist. So review it up. All right. The first 20 minutes of The Killer. That's one of 13. 
2018. Uh, we start out, some peeps are driving out to a remote house. Of course, it's how almost all murder mysteries start. You're driving out to a, uh, hard to get to mansion, but the mansion's beautiful, but it's just, it's in the middle of absolutely fucking nowhere. Inescapable remote location check. Yeah. Uh, we see this older couple driving, uh, younger guys behind him in a convertible. He's a little annoyed, so he goes around him. Uh, we see another couple. They're talking. They're looking forward to this, uh, getting there and enjoying themselves, although they don't know why she would, uh, the hostess would invite them. Uh, but we see, uh, the first dude, he gets there, the guy in the, the sports car. He gets there, his name's Harry, and he flirts with our hostess, Lisa, and she kind of shoots him down a bit and tells him to behave. And then an older, the older couple that he passed shows up. And they're very happy. The husband says he's a cautious driver. Uh, he's a little loud, boisterous, and uh, he's he's somewhat uh, vile, or uh, 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 as they keep calling him, uh, because he's kind of uncouth. Even though he has money, he calls the mansion a nice shack. Uh, so there's all that. Yeah, he's basically then, Rodney Dangerfield. Is yeah, he's every much. Rodney Dangerfield character like ever, it, just without the charm. <laughs> right? Because at least Rodney had some charm. When you're talking about the kind of characters that he usually plays, right? They all have a like a charm to him. Anyway, uh, Harry flirts with the guy's wife right in front of him, and Lisa talks to him. He's like, hey, you might want to be careful. That dude gets jealous, and he's like, yeah, that's part of the fun of it. And you're like, wow, Harry, you're fucking gross. Fucking yeah, gross dude, I fucking Harry. hate this dude. Like right off the bat, yeah. I want something very bad to happen to him. Harry, Harry, you're 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 kind of a dickhead. You're acting like a shithead, Harry. Stop it. You're um, the kind of person that I would like to throttle about the face and ears. And now I'm gonna go and say this, Court. So if I miss anything, please let me know. I tried to do my best on the notes, but there was a lot of talking, and of course, all this was subtitled, and so there was a lot of writing of me trying to get things down. Oh, dude, there is so much fucking dialogue. I paused this yeah. and backed it up so many fucking times because it is dense. I don't blame you at all. I will do my best to fill in the blanks where you're missing stuff yeah. in the conversation. I don't I think I'm missing to too much. Yeah. But I think I have why things happen the way they happen. Um, it's just it's it's so fucking dense with dialogue. Well, and sometimes what they're really talking about the mystery. Yeah. But sometimes what they're really talking about isn't what they're really talking about, too. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, uh, we see out back now, there are others there. There are other peoples there. Uh, we see this guy, he keeps staring at one of the maids, and his mom tells him to stop with his obsession with the maids, and, uh, that he should be there to make sure Lisa, who is his cousin, and her, uh, niece, should, by marriage, should, oh, they, we, they should be there attending to her, and ensuring that they know that, uh, she knows that they are the only family she has left. Um, we cut to the husband and wife uh, who followed Harry. They're being shown their room and they bicker back and forth about how she flirted with Harry. Uh, then we see uh, Harry shown his room and he flirts with the maid. Well, she leaves the room and she gets accused by the driver of, you know, I know what you're doing. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about, although she is infatuated with Harry. She's trying not to let the driver know. Then Harry comes out and the driver makes a quick escape. Um, outside, everyone's talking. Uh, some are... Not even sure why they're even there, but they're happy to be anywhere. It sounds like some people are having problems. Uh, it's just kind of general chatter. Then uh, we find out through this general chatter that Lisa's husband had died in a plane crash, in a plane that he was piloting. Apparently he was an attorney, big into sportsman type shit. So just think, you know, he'd probably be the type of asshole going big game hunting on a reserve. And flying himself there 
there just because he needs to prove how much of a man he is that he has to fly himself. Yes, exactly. He's he's the kind of guy who needs to be his own pilot. Um, he is only one rung below the shithead fucking preachers who use mega churches to buy their own private jets. Pretty much. Yeah, because he's an attorney, so he's still a piece of shit. So, <laughs> um, uh, so then Harry, Lisa brings Harry around to meet all the other people. Uh, Harry, we find out, is her was her husband's sporting colleague. They like to do a lot of sporting things together. Um, then Lisa takes him around, and uh, he's flirting with all the ladies there, saying, "Wow, you know, it's this is so great, you know, how uh, you know, all these pretty beautiful ladies are here." We see the groundskeepers kind of watching everybody. He's kind of got a side eye going on onto everyone. Um, then the uh, later on, everyone's getting ready for a dinner, and the aunt is helping her son tie his tie, pretty much dressing him. It's kind of fucking weird because the son's like uh, I don't know a fucking adult uh, uh, anyway. no this is definitely some creepy weird shit going on and that oh, dude's a fucking right? burgeoning right. fucking serial killer and it's obvious yeah. right off the fucking bat big time Um. so anyway she kind of is like running down all the people there uh, she tells the son that one couple uh, one couple that's there they're an economic failure pretty much he's gambled half the money and she spent the other half all the money they had and then we go to that broke couple and they are arguing. The husband is a real jealous dude. He is, he believes, uh, he's mad that uh, Harry flirted with his wife as well. He, uh, he's just yelling at her. She's like, hey, don't yell at me because we're in financial trouble. Then, you know, you didn't help yourself there. But you can tell he doesn't really care about his financial troubles. He's more worried about what his wife is out there doing. Um, it flares out his mutton chop beard quite it, a bit, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big time. Um, then we see the aunt, and she's talking about uh, the short, bald guy who's the boisterous guy, the guy who was, like, running Dangerfield. And his wife, he says he's newly rich. Like, his company's just made it big. and But she beats him, apparently. So, uh... I mean, it doesn't seem like he's the type of guy that would let that happen lest he wants it to. So I think yeah. what she was getting at is... He's got a serious kink, and that woman delivers, and that's why that, they're together. That is the translation when uh, she says beats him. Maybe like she, it's it's more verbal because she's. Yeah, oh, she definitely accosts the fuck out of him. She's verbally yeah, I think, abusive. I think as that's shit. what she. I think that's what she means is that she's verbally abusive to him, <laughs> um, or maybe that he's browbeaten. Maybe that was what the yeah, like browbeaten is probably yeah. the best way to put it. Yeah. Um. She then uh starts talking about a young lady who's a young blonde lady. She says for some reason she seems very familiar. Uh, she thinks that she might be a gold digger who has no money of her own. But we see this lady, she kind of has a couple dresses and like just a few dollars drops out of one of the dresses uh, as she's getting ready. She then tells her son that she knows that that kind of lady is his type and that she, he should stay away from those type of ladies. The maid, the blonde lady who doesn't seem to have much money and that really who she should be trying to fuck is his own cousin. She literally, she literally says, says that. Says it. Yeah. yeah. She literally says, you should be trying to go after Lisa. You are cousins after all. And I'm like, isn't that supposed to directly negate him trying to go after her? It's the fact that they're cousins that shouldn't happen. I think it's their cousins by marriage. So therefore, um, in the eyes of God, it's not as creepy as what it is to the rest of us as it being somewhat cringy. Okay. Yeah. They, they're blood cousins. They are, you're correct, cousins by marriage. Right. And I, uh, I mean, marrying, still, marrying though, cousins fuck. by marriage off to maintain family wealth is probably not that unheard of. There's clearly some kind of aristocracy 
type weird shit going on here, or at least family name recognition importance going on with this group, because they're a bunch yeah. of elitist fucking asshats, except for the lady of the house that's invited them all there. Yes, but still, yeah, it's 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 fucking gross. Yeah, it's um, these parlor and or um out in the open air sort of like wine and cheese uh, mixers yeah. that they're doing these conversations at the start are fucking horrendous and the mother is such a judgmental cow and also not fucking wrong and it's gross yeah 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 she is she is just fucking disgusting like you want her to be just a judgmental fucking cow but then she's yeah. right and you fucking hate she's her right for about it. everything yeah. too yeah Ugh. that's what fucking blows like you're like god yeah. damn it i hate you but okay i'm gonna have to listen to you it's fine i still don't want you to be right <laughs> she's out of line but she's right yeah she, she's not wrong but she is just an asshole <laughs> Um, so anyway, then we see the driver. He grabs that maid and tells her later on to meet for her to meet him at the pool house. Uh, the mom finishes dressing the son, which is fucking just again weird, cringe uh, as fuck. We cut to dinner and everyone's there. And Lisa tells them all that uh, they were all important to her husband in one way or another. They all had some sort of dealing with her husband, and it's been the two year anniversary of his death. And then she drops the bomb that the death was no accident it was murder and one of them at that table's the killer and that ends that first 20 minutes okay i know we're not fully well, into the dinner conversation yet we're gonna but launch the dinner conversation in the next 20 right. i just thought it, it right. was great to leave it on a cliffhanger for the first right. 20 yeah once we get to this dinner conversation like right as she right basically right where you said the break i swear i paused the movie because i'm like oh man this is starting to get good and i pause it i'm like i want to see how long i'm i'm in you know because i'm like yeah. i'm I'm already intrigued because I like I hate just about all of these fucking people, you know, yeah, and I'm like everyone seems fuck even right now. Even the hostess seems sketchy as fuck. Right. What, I mean, what is everyone doing? No one seems up on the up and up at all. Everyone seems sketchy as shit. Right. Basically, what 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 has happened in the first 20 minutes is we get a collection of like apex predators and fucking psychopathic um, like fucking honey badgers that just don't give a fuck and we've shoved them all into this box and up to the dinner conversations have been nothing but shaking the box full of these mad killers and fucking psychopathic animals and like we set it out and then basically opening them up is this fucking dinner conversation and it yeah. just goes so fucking outrageous and basically all of these characters are all people where you're like I want something bad to happen happened to pretty much all of you and you're thinking I it's would. a fucking heel program the whole time and then and they, it, kinda, they, it, it, it is it's a heel program and, and you're i'm at this point i'm excited because you know it's a yellow so you know murders are gonna happen and i'm like there's gonna be some solid murder in here where in which i won't even feel bad about the people getting murdered right i'm gonna feel pretty good about it right but like here's the thing like it's been 20 fucking minutes and like there hasn't been any fucking hint of any kind of murder and then they drop into no. like this very heavy dinner conversation and I yeah. swear to you, I don't even fucking care. I'm engrossed. Like we're we're about to get into it, and everybody's gonna find out why. But like the shit that goes down in this dinner conversation is fucking epic, and it's how you do a movie on no fucking money, and you just film people talking, and you make it work. And this is yeah. a perfect example of it. And let's fucking talk about it, man. Fucking let's go. We start the next twenty minutes. Well, all the guests are of course shocked. They're 
wondering what the fuck are you talking about? Right, she just Many accused are... one of them of, of yeah. murder. This is some epic However, Agatha Christie shit. Out of all of that, some are wringing their hands. Some are dropping their glasses. A lot of Sussex activity right when she says it. Because not everyone's just like, what? Holy shit, how dare you? A lot of them are wringing of their hands, looking down, looking away, dropping shit. They are nervous, too. Yeah, the sus intensifies. Oh, yes. She states a witness saw a man entering her husband's hotel room the day before the murder. The husband had also taken out 10000 of their money. Uh, I'm just going to say $10,000. Yeah. I know it's not dollars, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, that he had taken $10,000 out, and now that money was missing. Well, someone says, hey, it probably crashed with the plane. She goes, no. The envelope the cash was in was still in his room, empty. That envelope was even, I, you know, ID'd by the teller at the bank. Um, she then also said there were two glasses found in a sink, and after testing them, there are drugs that would have made the husband pass out while he was flying. Which is a way uh, to guarantee that he will crash the plane and it will look like he just crashed the plane. And then she throws out her first little tangible thing. Her husband, she knew, had affairs. Nothing he was ever going to leave her over. Just flipping affairs. Nothing important. But could it be a jealous husband, in which we know of many at this table already? Or could it be a scorned lady who he broke up with? And while she's saying this, the film is showing you each individual person's face. Like, and it's jumping to people where it's like, is it going to be you? Is it going to be you? Did you do it? Did you do it? And they're yeah, doing it really masterfully. Yeah. Very Clue-like, I would say. If well, you love the movie, like, Clue and well, how they which is, looked at all their faces. Which is an Agatha Christie movie. That's how they did that in Agatha Christie movies, where they would jump through the suspects as well, oh, too, yeah. in the old school ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she then talks to the artist at the table. We'll just call him the artist. He's an artist. She bought some art for him. He said, that's actually, I've, I never, he said, and he never got into it to make money. That's the first painting he's ever sold. And she goes, really? Because I have another one of yours. And he goes, that's impossible. And she brings out a forgery painting from another artist that he forged. He he, he paid in them. And he, she goes on to say that one of her husband's clients had this, uh, bought this painting, found out it was fake, and was having her husband kind of, he was going to, you know, go and have the case opened up in uh, France, because that's where all this took place for the painting. And uh, they were going to open up the thing, and they find out, you find out the artist has done many forgeries. But that's just how he, you know, paid the bills, was painting all these forgeries. But there was nothing done about it, because he crashed. So he never was able to bring this to the authorities, you know, uh, view. that You know, he, he wasn't able to bring it up to authorities after it because of his death. So now, there's your artist. He's, there's his. <laughs> the um, reason why, he, or his motive, as to why he would have killed. Yeah. Uh, then we find out Mr. Loudmouth, well, you know, he did some bad accounting. He he purposely declared bankruptcy when it, well, it wasn't in bankruptcy to attain other companies, and it screwed a lot of people out of a lot of money. And one of the people who got screwed out of a lot of money was also a client of her husband's, and he was looking into that, and he was going to find out all this shit that uh, Mr. Fucking Loudmouth Bad Businessman was into. Uh, then um, she looks to another lady we'll call Red, because she has red hair, and she says- Red hair yeah, uh, she says her fiance was using uh, had hired her husband to check her background, and the the red.
Ted says, yeah, that's true. And he goes, and you said you were widowed, but really you were divorced. And Red goes, yeah, but I already told my fiance that, you know, I didn't want to live like that. So I told him I, I'm a divorced woman. He goes, yeah, but does he know your real last name and your former life? And that makes Red tense up a little bit. So apparently he doesn't. And he goes, and now that my husband's dead, your fiance never found out about anything. Dun, uh, dun, dun. Then, yeah, the, the spending then, this time oh. with each individual person at the table and their motive yeah. is so fucking delicious. Oh, I loved every minute of it. I'm eating this up. I wish there was more. I wish they would have done every, real every person. They didn't really, like, but the ones they really got into were awesome. Yeah, the ones with she, the, the strongest motive, like, it gets real yeah. fucking thickly gross. Because then she launches into Harry, and she says, well, number one, I know for a fact my husband took one of your ladies from, and, you know, it's a lady you really liked, and he took her away. And then I go, and then I know for a fact he found out about another lady that you're involved with that is pretty much your meal ticket. Because, uh, you know, it's not like being a sportsman really pays a lot, so Harry needs uh, uh, a sugar mama. And he goes, and my husband found out by all of these things, and then she says, and by the way, both those women are at this table right now. So now you're like, holy shit. All right, so all the right. tension is ratcheting up, and the motives yeah. for killing each other is increasing with every bomb this lady is dropping at this table. She, and you can just, feel it. The actors are playing it on their faces as they're being shown, and it's so fucking tense. Yeah, it's everything from an, uh, annoyance to fear uh, to anger. It's great. Like, so many different emotions are being played out. Yeah, and their micro-expressionings, the shit out of some of this stuff for their reactions yeah. really fucking well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the artist then stands up and says, for all you've said, I'm actually happy uh, that it's kind of out there. I would not have killed your husband for this. He says, I'm now happy it's actually out there. And then he asks about the blonde lady sitting next to him and says, is this the lady who, you know, is is Harry's keeper. And that kind of pisses off the blonde because you're like, well, you're calling me and she slaps him. Uh, Lisa's like, all right, everyone, settle down. And she's like, and she ends the dinner. We cut to the driver and the maid. They meet up in the pool house and they start getting it on because he's into her. And, but we also see someone's following them and watching them. Uh, the broke couple have their own argument in their room and he's like i know i did nothing he goes i carry i i did nothing to anyone here he goes but do you have something to tell me and she's like how can you accuse me of murder and he goes oh i'm not accusing you of murder he's accusing her of adultery and and so they're back onto that fight well the son comes into his mom's room the aunt's room and she's questioning him on where he's been he's like oh i was just taking a walk she goes i know your muddy shoes are looking there did you go to the pool house and he's like yeah and he tells her what he saw. She's like, she gets really mad at him, calls him a pig, tells him that it looks real fucking bad that he's doing that shit. I mean, Paul Nashy him- was throwing down with a chick he was hot for. I can't blame yeah. him for wanting to watch that. <laughs> and then she tells him to clean his shoes and go the fuck to bed. The way she browbeats uh, him and puts him down and puts him in his place is really gross. And it feels like yeah. this like back and forth sexual play between the two of them, like this uh, very S&M relationship where they're no longer mother and child. They're playing at mother and child. If you catch my drift, it's gross. Yeah, it gets really uncomfortable. Like what consensual adults do, they're going to do. That's fine. But like, there's definitely some psychopathy in this boy that has been created from this happening. So something is clearly not healthy about this for him. Right. 
something's going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this kid is a ticking time bomb, and so is everybody else in this situation. Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. It never stops getting tenser and tenser and feeling more uncomfortable in this fucking house. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for just, I mean, you just feel that death wants to happen here. <laughs> <laughs> you can just feel it in the air. It's like a yeah. Phil Collins song. Yeah, yeah. Dun-dun, 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 dun-dun. <laughs> Um, hold on. Uh, the next day, they're all playing cricket, right? That cricket? Crumpet? Croquet? Crumpet? I don't know. Croquet. There you go. They're playing croquet. You're yeah. right. You're right. Thank you. Play croquet. Uh, fucking, uh, Harry's kind of schooling everybody. Red then tells Harry to meet her in her room in, like, the next 10, 15 minutes. She leaves. The other couple they're playing with congrat- congratulate Harry on his skills and shit. And the husband somewhat notes that the wife is flirting with Harry, and he's not looking too happy. And this is a different couple. This but you know, you haven't seen much of them, but it doesn't look good. Um, then we cut to the blonde and one of the other women who are there. Uh, they talk about Harry. And, you know, he's a pretty attractive dude and all that. And, hey, you know, wouldn't be so bad to keep him. Well, the other lady says to the blonde lady. But the blonde lady's like, ah, that just bothered me that the guy said it. Uh, it's kind of a one-off, but it shows you that uh, everyone's uh, talking about Harry. Yeah, so Harry's supposed to be this hot shit, and all these ladies are like, you know, smelling his musk. Just and, a cocksmith out there. Right. And I just, I have a hard time believing this when there's a Paul Nashy walking around the grounds. You're like, what are you doing? <laughs> these ladies clearly haven't noticed that that driver's got it going on. Yeah, yeah, right. At least in the films he writes it, he does. He does, yeah. And he's down to get the friction on. <laughs> Uh, so, um, then we see Harry, he's walking around, then we see the butler, and he talks to the maid, and he's making sure dinner spots are changed for individual guests, and, cause they're moving around the scene. And she says, yeah, and then she was like, oh, I heard some fireworks happening yesterday, and he's like, ah, don't ask any more questions, the mistress won't like it, and sends her on her way. Harry and, uh, Red, they meet up, and we find out, um... Red, she's like, yeah, I got a pretty bad past. Uh, and she goes, worse than that, I know who the killer is. Red Herring. Yeah. She says it is a man. She knows who it is. And more importantly, the killer knows that she knows. The only reason she's safe, though, is because if she explains how she knows who the killer is, the she'll be outed and she'll lose everything. And they will lose everything. As we find out, she is using her fiancé to get married. Uh, her and Harry are together. That is who, the woman who is keeping Harry right Right now and also the one who's the most amount of money for him and they're going to use her husband and take all his money in probably some sort of way and so there you go you find out all of that she then says she's not going to tell you tell him who the killer is yet because she has to say there's because it deals with part of her life that he doesn't know about but she'll tell him later on and uh and she lets him know that and he says okay cool i'll talk to you later okay because it's gonna fuck up this fucking scam that she's running to ruin uh, this other person's life and steal their money because because of that she will not reveal who the actual killer is and save everybody else the fucking heartache and or trouble exactly but she also plans on leaving the next day after all of this to get the hell out of here red hair ing yeah 
Um, we are at the pool, and a maid goes to hand the nephew, the cousin, the kid, a drink, and he just keeps massaging her hand till she drops it, because he's a fucking creep. Yeah, well, he holds onto her and starts rubbing her hand in a really uncomfortable way, and he gets even more forward, and she drops the drink because she's terrified of him, and she screams. Exactly. It's fucking gross. Yeah, he is a fucking sexual assaulter here. Right here. That was too far, and that was assault. That, that, definitely. Definitely. The, uh... Artist actually uh, takes that blonde aside and he asks for forgiveness, and she's like, "Yeah, I forgive you." He's like, "I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said it. It was a shit joke, and I was, you know, being a dick." And so he asks for an apology, and she gives it to him. So he says, "Thanks." He As puts on right his now- best vest to make sure that he can apologize yeah. to her and look sharp. As of right now, he is the least scummy. Besides, uh, yeah, he's right now. He's the least scummy in ever. All he did was forge some paintings. Yeah, that's uh, Jack Taylor. One thing that Jack Taylor is really good at doing is playing like the very earnest, straight arrow type dude. I mean, he can play the opposite as well. Don't get me wrong, but that look of concern that he's able to do, you know, like the when he when yeah. he tilts his head and he's talking with someone, projects empathy. Like he really, you really feel like he gives a shit and like really cares, and that comes through on film with him just looking at people. And I think that's how he kind of wins you over because as he's winning this woman over, who he very seriously and insulted like a real jerk um he kind of wins you over as the audience as well and i i noticed that here and that's why i wanted to mention it oh yeah i agree that i mean kind of won me over here then we see harry and the loudmouth husband talking and he assures them that he never met his wife before they just met on this trip uh then they all kind of sit there and they're talking about there's a group talking about how they know lisa and one of the other couples like we've never actually met lisa but we did business with her husband then we see the groundskeeper he meets with lisa and the head butler um and then uh that actually ends that 20 minutes okay they never stop ratcheting up the tension even when people are laying in their bedrooms you're waiting for someone else to break in and fucking hurt them you really are like the entire time you really are big time all the time it's uh (laughs) right we made it you're waiting constantly for something to happen right we're 40 minutes into this and there's no fucking murder and i don't fucking care because i'm constantly looking at the corners of the screen waiting for somebody to be attacked or waiting for something to happen because like i really feel like something's about to break at any minute and everybody keeps ratcheting up the tension and they start fighting in the rooms like as like husbands and wives are fighting the mother and son start not getting along and weird shit starts happening with their like sexual proclivity shit play that they got going on and it just starts to really envelop you in this world and their lives and you really are it's like it's like a fucking soap opera almost but it also kind of weaves the mystery in because all the things that they're discussing is about who could it possibly be and you know are we going to get hurt because we're here you know and there's like a couple of moments at not not only at the dinner but also as the night progresses and as other things go on where everybody's like why would she do this all this is going to do is put tension on the killer and get one of us hurt you know like everybody that like and the people that very clearly think that they're not the person that she's after are the ones that are discussing it the most and like really really terrified about it and it's really interesting because like everybody seems to think that it's somebody else and even the people that you think it is are talking as though they don't know who it is to their perspective you know like a significant other or anything like that so it's like well do these spouses even know what their fucking you know significant other is up to in this world like everybody nobody trusts anybody in this fucking house like and it's fucking 
just constant tension and you can't find anybody to anchor to. And when you finally I don't trust anybody in this house either. Right. And when you finally get to where it's like the blonde lady's talking with uh, Jack Taylor's artist character, or I think it's Hargrave is the guy's name or something like that. When those two start having that little romantic pastoral stroll and like he asks for forgiveness and, you know, it sort of symbolizes the two of them kind of finding love or together or something along those lines, you know, where they're, they're interested in what's going on, but they're also interested in each other and he makes amends. Once that starts happening, you get something you can finally anchor yourself to, to where you're like, okay, as long as these two are doing okay, I got something that I can kind of follow along with all this other tension because it gets so intense to the point where I'm like, well, one of these people just please fucking die. And like the tension relief in this is you get to watch this couple amidst this chaos sort of meet cute and fall in love. And it's so fucking ballsy that they drop it in when they do. And I'm like, okay, yeah. how the fuck are you going to do this? Cause you already have too much shit going on movie. What the fuck do you think you're doing? It's enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like, like it gives you so much shit where you're like, what the, f how am I supposed to follow this movie? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, how much more? Cause you, it's an hour and 30 minutes. You're like, all right, I'm 40 minutes in. When are they going to start fitting in all the death? <laughs> I'm like a giallo with a murder that happens off screen that we're not even sure was actually murder. Like, what the fuck are you thinking, movie? Like, where where, where are we going with this? You know? Right? Yeah. 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 Like, I'm sitting there at 40 minutes and I acknowledge it. Like, I know that it's like paused it myself and I'm like, I'm not even halfway through it. It was right at 40 minutes. And I'm saying that to myself. I'm like, where the fuck are you going with this movie? This is fucking ballsy. You choose now to drop a love story in the middle of the fucking film and we haven't even had this, like giallo slasher killings yet like where where are you going with this yeah exactly like how, how do we end this <laughs> how is this gonna end yeah like where where is the giallo in this like because i haven't seen the actual giallo other than the mystery and the everybody's just sus about a killing that already happened that mystery stuff and that tension is awesome but like the entire time we're being basically prepped and just pushed towards greater and greater tension and yeah you, you're either going to be in with this at the 40 minute mark or you're going to abandon ship and you're going to regret it if you do. That's all I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> like you got to you got to give the movie a chance because it'll fucking deliver. You just got to wait. Yeah, exactly. Well, we start the next 20 minutes. Lisa gets some documents. Um, She's at lunch and it's a lot of these documents and notes are uh, things about the day her husband died and about some of the missing time. Uh, the, many of the people there, of course, want to go home because they're like, I mean, fuck this place. Uh, yeah, if you accuse me of murder, I don't want to stay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't want to stay if you someone accuses me of murder. And if I am the murderer, I definitely don't want to fucking stay because it means you're fucking on to me. Um, <laughs> or so at least she, onto the idea that I exist as a murderer. Yeah, yeah, right. Then she calls out Red, and she's like, yeah, and uh, by the way, does your, you know, what about this last name for you? And it's her actual, like, not her married last name, but what her actual maiden name was. And this pisses off Red, because she's like, hey, you know, you don't get to go through all our personal lives and stuff. And it's like, actually, it appears like she can. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't, uh, your birth uh, name is a matter of public record anyway and is easily obtainable yeah. at least in our modern democracy that still currently exists here yeah, so, so. I, I would assume that it would be relatively the same elsewhere in a civilized society yeah 
you would think. Uh, but so everyone's just kind of like, oh, all right, uh, here we go. And um, then the uh, groundskeeper comes in and he said he found this outside and it's a vial with wh- a white substance in it. And this once again makes Red look very guilty. She's looking like she's, she's very uncomfortable with all this stuff that's getting ready to happen. So, but you know, don't start none, won't be none, Red. Well, Red um, knows shit isn't telling shit and it's because it's going to harm her yeah. and her plans to steal money from a bunch of fucking people and now apparently those plans with that white powder being revealed are falling apart even further yes especially because who knows what uh what those uh what the white powder's for there you know and because the the husband was drugged yeah um, is it a barbiturate is it some other type of drug that shouldn't be there what you know is it the barbiturate that was supposedly used you know what exactly is that stuff that was found in the garden yeah 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 exactly and uh then um everyone's just kind of going round and round and the broke husband says you know hey listen i'm telling you right now i didn't do anything i know for i you know i can tell you right now for fact i did nothing no how uh you know nothing weird and then he implores his wife to come clean if she has anything to come clean about but then we cut away so you don't even get to see what happens with that assumingly nothing because we see them later but uh he definitely thinks his 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 wife is guilty of something so yeah he accuses her at every turn constantly yeah jesus i mean i i could imagine living that paranoidly about anything for that long. i'd die i mean you're just gonna die eventually right i mean i have a pretty nasty anxiety and even i wouldn't question my yeah. grasp on reality as much as what this guy does about his wife but i mean because I have a healthy dose of anxiety, but that's almost a different level than anxiety. That's a paranoia, you know? It goes beyond paranoia into a sort of, like, mechanism of control and abuse that he's doing it. Yeah. The way that he's acting. Because, like, he goes into jealous tirades, um, creating things in his own mind as to what he thinks he sees that is clearly not happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, I mean, you're almost kind of like, Jesus, you know, fuck, dude, you need to calm it the fuck down. But then you're also like, Maybe he knows something we don't know. I mean, Jesus. Um, Right. I mean, it's so hard to tell, but whatever it is, it seems like the way that he reacts, at least for the things that he's overreacting about and the men he's accusing her of going after while they're here at this weekend, she is clearly not doing. uh, We can tell that. So it seems like he's a jealous psychopath. Yeah. That's uh, that's true, and I think he is a jealous psychopath, probably. So, and he also kind of failed at money shit in life, so uh, he has even more of that to be paranoid about. And he's an older man with a younger. Also, a lot of this is a lot of older men with a lot of younger wives. So, just saying. <laughs> yeah, young, like older, well-to-do men with younger, yeah. name-only heiress-type wives, maybe. Yeah, 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 and and then they get all like, ooh, you know, it's like, hey, fellows, what do you think? She was marrying you because you're a good looker. I mean, you're old as fuck. <laughs> Married because you have money, uh, or you know you had the promise of getting some money. Um, yeah, you made her sign a prenup, dude. She doesn't actually love you as much as you think she does. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We have to get uh, 
prenups involved, man, man, maybe you fucked up a little too much. <laughs> maybe your choice isn't as trustworthy as you think. Yeah. All right. So later on, Lisa and the butler talk, and they actually go through everything the butler found in their different rooms. Harry has a gun. Then uh, the bro couple, he found a note in the wife's purse that there's a lender who wants $2,000 from her or else he's going to go talk to her husband. Um, so she's obviously taking loans out and shit like that. Um, she also stated that they found a shit ton of porn in the nephew's room. Like a shit ton. Um, the, the artist only has a change of clothing. Like one change of clothing. And that's about it. Um, so and that's kind of the most notable stuff they found. I um, like this sort of snooping around on the guest trying to find evidence yeah. um, further of something that would help them prove who the murderer may be. But at the same time, this is fucking scummy. That's an invasion of privacy. Uh <laughs> That's that's for sure. She didn't that's, invite them here to keep them as friends. She invited them here to find her husband's murderer. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that's yeah. Uh, so I mean she's not she's not here to have a good time. No, and it's clearly by to... any means necessary because she is sending her butler to invade the privacy of her guests. Exactly. Then they say a maid saw Harry come out of Red's room, and she's like, oh, the, "Is a maid following people?" And he goes, "Yeah, she's not wasn't supposed to, but she's infatuated with Harry, this maid." So. She, but she saw him come out of Red's room. It's the maid uh, that went and banged Paul Nashy. Yeah. Well, uh, then we see the ladies, they're all having like a gab moment. And they're all talking about, you know, who's keeping Harry in his lifestyle that he lives. I love uh, that they're all just like sipping tea and throwing shade. This is an amazing yeah. sequence. The aunt starts throwing a lot of shade at the blonde, at our poor blonde lady. She who's like one of the nicest ladies. And the aunt accuses her of being just poor and like in a... Uh, in she a, married for uh, money. She used to be yeah. a waitress. She's no woman of standing. She's never had a name. Or something along those lines, and that she like that. wasted and money. We and find out is and even worse. Dad, yeah, yeah. Her dad's a rich guy, but never gave her any money, so she had to work for all her money. And then they keep asking her, like, what does she do to pay for all her traveling she's done? And she's not really wanting to answer because, hey, it's none of your fucking business. Um, so get fucked, you know. But. Uh, yeah, but that makes her um, her sudden jump to suspect. rage. Yeah, it suddenly highlights her as a possible suspect. So all this goodwill that we've had built up with her uh, previously in talking with Jack Taylor's character where we were like, oh, well, these two clearly have to be safe, right? Now we're like, wait, yeah. wait, did she fucking kill somebody? What the fuck? Well, what did she do uh, to uh, get all that shit? Yeah. Is she an international um, fucking assassin? And did she kill the, did yeah, she... the husband uh, for some cash or? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's some weird shit going on about what she, uh, what, what, I mean, what she did to earn her money so she could travel. The um, aunt is trying to heavily imply that she is a hooker. Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, then we see the fellas, they're having their own meet and greet. And one guy, he's pretty sure of his wife. He goes, but he also knows that the dead husband tried to seduce her a while back. And that's why they stopped doing business with him. But he was like, nothing happened. Uh, I don't know how much I believe that okay we just need to talk about this for a minute because while the ladies are sipping tea and throwing shade the fellas are smoking cigars having a little bit of cognac in some cases and trying to reassure themselves of their own masculinity and manhood while also bragging about how it can't be their wife in front of each other and every single one of them does it in this sequence and it's fucking gross yeah yeah it ain't cool um they're it's all bullshit toxic 
masculinity fucking posturing for each other and they might as well thump on their chests and go oh 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 at each other that is also true yeah they're, they're all like because then the loudmouth's like i'm sure of my wife too so i don't know what you know what's going on with anybody else yeah he's like and ain't nobody gonna he can goes, her tuna but me is basically how like, he phrases it yeah he's like jealousy is so vulgar and it's it's beneath us and you can tell though it's not for him uh <laughs> He's pretty much a shithead. Uh, they kind of have their talks, and in uh, that, when the dude says that, it makes the artist laugh. The artist is like, "Fuck you! I've seen you fucking do so much shit." And, and complained and shit around here about your wife. He's like, it's fucking dumb. The fact that Jack Taylor calls him out and not only calls yeah. him out, dresses him down and just yeah. fucking makes him look like such a blowhard and a ridiculous fucking idiot. And yeah. it is amazing. So Jack Taylor has clearly learned the game of throwing shade, but also uses his power to the epic proportion of evil where he destroys that man when he didn't have to. Yeah, he, he made that guy feel bad about himself and uh, and uh, anything else that you could possibly feel bad about. <laughs> he slowly crushed that man's soul with every word out of his mouth by the end. And I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed watching it in the context of the movie, but had I seen somebody do that in real life, I would be like, okay, enough. All right, man, we get it. Guy's kind of a dick. Let's all just settle down. I'm not saying that he's wrong in doing it. I'm just saying I think he took it a little too far. Exactly. The broke husband then says, he goes, uh, Harry, you know, he tells Harry, hey, I asked you a question. And Harry goes, I, I have no answer for you. That's all they say to each other. Uh, then we cut back to the blonde explaining to all the ladies about how her dad gave her nothing. He was rich and that's when they again go into how do you get your money for traveling. Uh, another lady takes her away and they go for a walk because she's like, you're kind of being a bitch. The two ladies are talking outside and the lady's like, don't ever be ashamed. I mean, don't listen to her. And the blonde's like, I, I'm trying not to be ashamed and, you know, she's just kind of like, I just feel bad about things that have had to happen and all, all this kind of stuff. So, you can tell she's made money, but uh, she's pretty ashamed of how she's made said money. Yeah, which um, if it is what they're implying, I don't think she should be. No, no, it's a legitimate work and stuff just happens. So, well, you know, it's legitimate work and yeah. people make the decisions they're going to make and that's the life that they lead and there is no one that can tell them that they should or shouldn't do it. That's right. Fuck them all. God damn it. People are dicks. As long so, as it's with consent and no one else is getting hurt for it to happen, fucking live your life. Who cares? There there you go. That's exactly right. If we did more of that, things would be a tad bit better. Right. Not full better, just a tad bit better. Also, if some people could pay for sex, maybe they wouldn't be such dicks. Yeah, right? If they could just do it legally without having to worry about, like, you know, having their lives ruined over it. Yeah, maybe a lot of people would be a lot less fucking bitchy. Perhaps. Let's move on. Everyone gonna get it? Good. Let's let's get out of here. So then the blonde keeps walking by herself, and she meets up with the artist. The artist says that the fake art case, he goes, there's actually no reason I would have to have murdered the guy, because the fake art case is being reopened. In Ireland. So it, it, it was always going to be opened. And he knew this. And he's talking. He's like, I would love if you would help me. He's talking to the blonde. If we could try to find who 
who's doing this so we can, you know, everyone kind of clear their name. We're not fully into the hour yet, but we finally gotten our Giallo detective. Yeah, it's going to be the artist dude, it seems. Although they're going to red they even red herring us on our fucking on who the detective's going to fucking be. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh cuz right now it looks like we might have many detectives. And uh so there you go. Uh, so anyway, um, the, oh, oh, uh, that night, everyone's just kind of hanging out. Um, Harry and the loudmouth's wife are having just a huge laugh with one another. Some are playing cards. The nephew tries to get fresh with the blonde lady, and she quickly puts a stop to that dipshit motherfucker. Okay. Uh, this is once again fucking assault what he is doing. Yeah. And she's Grab so. Her by her knees. Yeah, and trying to run his hand up her thigh, her inner thigh, no less. What she does is so gracious in the way that she removes his hand and kind and should be completely unnecessary. No woman should have to be that polite to a man who is sexually assaulting her like that. No, no, there's no need for that kind of horse shit, especially not to be like, oh, yeah, kind to him. And even the smallest of sense is fucking gross. That Yeah, but she does. She first tries to remove his hand and then she tries to push it away. And then when he finally won't stop, then she claws him and hurts him, and then he stops. Yeah, and it shouldn't take fucking that. He apparently found out that she was broke, so now he's into her, because I don't know why he's into that. Maybe it's some power trip he's going to get. Oh, it's totally a power trip, because his mother hoards all the money over him, so he wants to be able to hoard their broke-assness over them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's there's no better way of putting it. That's, that's about the only way. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if you just look at the psychology of the way the character is behaving towards his mother and the reason why, it, it makes sense that that's why he gets turned on and feels like yeah. he can assault any woman of a status below him because that's how his mother treats him. Yeah, and others. Not even just him. But True. she's all about putting people in their place. So, and and not having like, oh, these people aren't, they're, they're not on our level, so why are you messing with any of these people? And you're kind of like, oh, Jesus Christ, you're the worst lady. Absolutely. So then, uh, Loud Mouse wife and Harry, they go for a walk. Uh, apparently, they get cut out some rain. They end up in the cellar. Uh, she comes on to him, but he he definitely does. He rebukes her and just leaves. And it's like, nah, I can't. And he goes, oh, the rain stopped. We can get the hell out of here. And you could tell that uh, that's not what she wanted to hear. So No, she was coming on to him pretty hardcore, pretty much yeah. throwing herself at him. And he's oh, like, yeah. he's like, I ain't down to pound town with you, lady. Uh, the rain's no, done. Ain't. We're taking off. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's he's got other things to take care of, uh, so he leaves. Yeah, but um, he wasn't even interested though, because he does it in a rather straightforward and pretty just yeah. kind of rude way for a guy who likes to be a flirt. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Harry. Uh, uh, then um, Lisa's aunt talks to her and says she has information that may help, but she needs to figure some things out first so that she will uh, uh, get. They will get together tomorrow morning at like seven when she can iron some things out. Uh, after that, uh, Loudmouth's wife back in her room asks the butler to go get her uh, some hot punch. And so the butler does. And when he comes back, she's in some negligee and she hits on the butler, but he quickly scoots his way out of there. Uh, so, she literally uh, throws herself at him at yeah, one point. Yeah. Yeah. She does the I tripped and goes to lunge at him as she's doing uh-huh. it. <laughs> yeah. It's, like Austin it's Powers level of I tripped. Oh, I'm falling. <laughs> oh, I'm falling. Oh, I fell in over again. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty much it's like pretty she, sad. she's right up to assaulting him because she throws herself at him tits first. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh it's sad. Um and to have this guy rebuke her but very politely because he is supposed to be, you know, like he's the, the butler. butler. Yeah, and yeah. he's he is to buttle, so he does it as politely as he can for his station. But this one clearly hurts. Yeah. This is not what she had in mind for the rest of her day. Uh, definitely, this one definitely hurts her a lot. Yeah, she gets very upset very quickly once he turns her down, even though he's very kind about it. Yeah, he is. He is very kind about it. It's, uh, it's really strange how nice he is about it. I, I wouldn't be that nice because I'd be like, hey, listen, lady, I'm, I'm just here to do a job. This, this <laughs> Leave is, me alone. Yeah, this is not appropriate and I'm not down to pound town with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you need to, uh, leave me alone, lady, cause you're, uh, you're, you're, you're crossing a lot of lines here. Then we see someone, uh, with gloves on. It's first person. We're in killer mode right now, I think. Uh, we're the killer's POV. And they break a phone, uh, so they you can tell they're fucking up phones. Uh, well, then we cut to Red and Harry. Uh, Harry's walking Red back to her room. She says they'll meet in the cellar later tonight. And she'll tell him everything that they needs knows. But she's gonna then leave before tomorrow morning. She wants to be out of here when everything comes uh, comes to light. Uh, so then Harry, he's walking back, and the, he runs into the maid. They make out, and they're gonna meet in a half hour, and they're gonna bone. Well, uh, then we come to the couple who. Stop doing business with the husband because that you know he came on to the wife and even though nothing happened they just stopped doing business well the way they're speaking something fucking happened sounds uh, like he, it yeah he's he's sitting there and he's like hey I, i'm so sorry you you know i shouldn't have i was really uh cruel to marry you you know because because you know i'm so old and you're not she's like don't say that and then she, he's like yeah but you know about what happened and she's like oh you gotta forget about what happened it doesn't sound like nothing happened. It it sounds incredibly like something definitely fucking happened. So you you have all that now to deal with because hey f- fuck there there's some motive right there. Uh, he does want to talk about it though before it comes out in some other way. He wants to be able to control the narrative, uh, if you will. But she's like, no, we, we you know we should just forget about it and just yeah. So and she's like, don't worry, I'm super happy now and I'm totally happy. But you're like. How fucking happy are you? Uh, some fucking. What are these people? These men like Larry. This the the old husband and Harry. How fucking how fucking good are they at flirting? I guess because Jesus Christ. Apparently, any woman can't resist them. Yeah, I mean it's a Spanish film, man. Just go with it. Just go with it. Gotcha. (laughs) Uh, It's a bullshit male fantasy that dudes like this could pull down ladies like this, even though they are rich. Just just go with it. Uh, then we see Harry leaving the compound, the driver's watching, um, the loud mouth couple, uh, they're talking as they're getting ready for bed, and he's like, hey, you know, uh, you know, you're kind of accusing her of sniffing around Harry, and she's like, oh, I'm not even into him, nothing happened there, and I'm not even interested in him in the least, because she's all pissed, because, you know, he fucking rebuked her, so, uh, there, that ended, they go to sleep, and that's the end of that 20 minutes, and we're going into the final 30 when things are about 
about ready to fucking jump up a notch. This movie really goes a fucking hour without killing a fucking person. Yeah, a full hour. It's so fucking ballsy. But man, you like, are set for it. Right, like you are so fucking blue ballsing for some Giallo Fest murder. Like, and you're like, what the yeah. fuck? You're like, okay, there's a half hour left. Or, or how is this a Giallo? What the fuck is going on? But yeah, you don't think about when it until start the murdering. Right, like what? Like again, this is another point where I paused it, probably to go to the bathroom or some shit like that, and then realize that it's already an hour, and I'm like, wait, nobody's been murdered. Like all we've know, heard about right? is an off-screen death of a, someone that's been drugged and crashed a plane. This is not very Gialli. It's very much a very intriguing drama and murder mystery, and like I'm really into all this interpersonal fucking gossipy horse shit going on in these people's lives in this manner. I'm enjoying myself, but this is not feeling like a Gialli at all yet. Yeah, no, this uh, this doesn't feel anything like uh, a Gialli. Uh, you know, everything's kind of like you said. It feels more almost kind of like a uh, like you said uh, like a drama or some shit like yeah, that. It's like an Agatha Christie. St- mystery but what it is is on the anniversary of a death they're trying to solve the murder and they're ratcheting up the tension and it's you know isolated location all of that kind of stuff and they're really going for it hard and they just kind of shoehorn a giallo in here in the last half hour but this brazen way that they do it in but like also the way that they've been setting it up with this tension it all it kind of makes sense because like of course you would wait until the absolute last minute to do what you're about to do like if you are the actual killer and you are trying to cover your tracks so far so good it's not pointing at you but then you do feel the walls closing in as the killer watching all of this happen because again he even knows that somebody knows his identity and we know that he's a male because the person that says they know his identity knows it and that person's still there and shit's about to go down and they need to get this cleared up and taken care of and the mistress is finding out more and more information about all these people and it's gonna get so much worse so you can feel that something's about to happen at this hour mark which is probably why I paused it myself, but I also am like, wait, nothing has happened yet. And just have to appreciate the fucking balls that they had to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the patience they showed. Yeah. Is, yeah. And is the patient admirable. it demands of you is the yes. call for that is awesome. But they do such a good job of making you fucking want to wait because they, right. they do a good job of making everybody fucking. You're like, I'm into this. I'm, I want to know what's happening here. Honestly, I'm not boring to me. I'm not done seeing how low these people will fucking sink just thinking they might go down for a murder they didn't commit. Yeah. Like, it's exactly. It's so like the tension is so palpable the entire time through the film and it just keeps ratcheting it up and like the people just keep getting worse and keep making these more awful decisions and by the time we get to this point like you know it's coming like you you have to know the entire time and you're frustrated but at the same time you're like not wanting it to happen because again they're so fucking scummy you just can't get enough of how horrible these people get yeah and you're into it though you're like huh good but we've also <laughs> been more scumminess <laughs> we've also been edging the audience enough i think it's time to deliver on the final 30 all right the final 30 harry meets with the maid the maid wants to forget like doing this and everything but the she tells him about how the driver's jealous and he goes hey that's the fun of it and she melts into his arms and they start going at it okay so he is uh, purposely tempting the wrath of paul nashi and he gets what he deserves yeah uh well then uh they cut to the mom 
admonishing the son for being into women that are beneath him, according to her. Uh, she then says she has ideas of where all this is going, and she's under the belief that Lisa is going down the wrong path. She just needs some info that Lisa has to put everything together. Then Harry leaves the maid to go meet with Red. Well, Red is kind of putting on lipstick. She's kind of getting ready for the night. And we see the killer come in, and we get our first murder. She gets stabbed in the chest and killed. Two stabs concurrently done, like one into the heart, and then one looks like like through the lung and down into the heart immediately after. And the cut to the wide shot of the stab wounds when they're leaking blood looks like a puncture wound bleeding. It's pretty grotesque. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's, 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 I mean, by bad, I mean good. It's, it's, it's pretty painful way to die, probably. Yeah. And the way that the actress plays it when they cut to the wider shot with her in the wounds, it feels like she is gasping for Aaron at the same time and just feel that her heart has stopped, but the rest of her is still functioning for now. Yeah. And she's just striving for any kind of oxygen she can get. And she seems like she's trying to write something, in fact, uh, on the uh, mirror and with lipstick. Yeah. And like trying to get some, just hold on to her life and her energy just enough to do that one last thing and as she's striving to do it and dying it's just so heartfelt and it's such a quick and brutal death that you're like okay here's our giallo and then you're like wait is that it? Are we going to get more? I mean, we only got 30 minutes left. Like, how many more kills are we going to get? What's what's going to happen now? It's kind of where my yeah. brain goes. And then at the same yeah, time... Now I'm, what's going on? Right, and I feel still terrible for her, but then when she finally dies, I'm like, okay, what's going to happen next? What the fuck? That took a long yeah, time. Mean, that's There's got to be some other things to get ready to happen now, because fuck me. Yeah, I paused uh, it. I paused it one hour, six minutes till the first on-screen kill that you get to witness. Yeah. And finally, you're there and you're like, all right, now things are going to have to start dropping like flies. Yeah, because it's right. released the tension and you're like, wait, there's yeah. so much, there's so little time left in this house. So this killer is probably not done. Yeah, right. And you're like, there, there's there got to be more shit get ready to hit because you, they're so not where you need to be yet to try to get away from this thing scot-free. Uh, Harry, he's getting ready to head to Red's room, looks around and he gets an axe right to the fucking face by the killer so harry's dead that was also awesome pretty decent effect the only thing that made it not feel super realistic was the blood coloring being off in the 70s but the sculpts were actually pretty excellent although the blending was a little more obvious on my my projected screen but i can't blame the movie for that we're talking 4k like 50 years later give it a break so then we see a lady walks into red's room finds her dead then we cut to the broke couple are arguing uh and he wants a divorce from her and then she probably comes out out and says it and of course she's been cheating on him she goes how do you think we've been getting the money we've been getting and he slaps her oh not just Uh, once not just twice but a couple of times did he did he slap her a couple times i thought it was like once was it more than that no it's implying that like he's gonna start beating her because like she looks pretty wrecked when they cut back to her later that's true well lisa has the group together and she says red is dead and harry's missing they can't call the cops because the phones are all dead and they can't drive away because all the tires have been flattened the butler comes in and tells lisa that they found harry dead and she tells the group the aunt says that uh, everyone should go back to their rooms and the cops will get there by tomorrow so everyone kind of agrees to do that we see the butler he goes to lisa's room and they start going at it making out so well there's a new wrinkle uh the aunt then she's trying to work out what happened uh and like i said she thinks lisa's info that she's missing all the while her son's being weird in the other room by being weird you mean he's reading porn and looking at it very intently in a very gross way while talking to his mother 
yeah, that's just uh, that's just some weird shit. <laughs> yeah, we need to kind of unpack that psychologically speaking, but I think our audience kind of knows what they're coding him for. Psychopathy. Yeah. I mean, he's very yeah. clearly a psychopath. Yes, exactly. Lisa and the butler, they're in bed talking, and she pretty much thinks she has it down to two of the men there, but she doesn't elaborate more. Well, the aunt wakes up that next morning, she gets wet and she's waiting for Lisa, and then all of a sudden she starts getting strangled. She's able to tear some fabric off the killer's coat, and the killer is not able to get it out of her death grip before people start coming. Uh, the group finds her, and so they all have a meeting about another murder now. Uh, they say Harry's car, because it's the fastest, is going to get fixed and first, and then somebody can drive it to town and get there fast. Um, uh, they kind of ask the cousin what's going on, and he, all he can mutter, he's destroyed. The kid is, because his mom's gone. It's the only thing that kind of, he's she led his life. And he says all that she was talking about last night was about money and where the money went, the $10,000. The slice through the throat with the steel string actually looked pretty fucking cool when she was getting choked out, and it was kind of gross. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I had a hard time watching the strangling but i always have a hard time watching strangling shit when it's done with like wire cords it fucks me up yeah it's uh very visceral and uh grotesque it, it they did an excellent job with her death but i also kind of relished it but felt bad at the same time because i'm like man she was gonna figure out the murdering right it's like oh what happened but what happened yeah but somehow uh, the, the killer must have realized that uh she was about to finger them so yeah Yes, and not in a good way. Not in the not in the way you enjoy. Um, but in, in a way that would seem bad. In a way, in that uh, she would point out that they were the person who did the murder that the wife is looking at. Yeah, right. Um, as they're all trying to talk about what the best form of action is, they all kind of decide to stay together. Maybe, except the artist and the blonde decide to go walking off by themselves. As they're walking, they kiss. Then we cut to um, the other the other couple, the one where it's kind of known that the husband fucked his wife, and they're kind of saying that husband thinks that the killer will try and escape now that he things are getting out of control for him. The loudmouth husband, he's worried about his reputation. Uh, and then he starts questioning his wife about Harry, and she lies that and says that while he came on to her, she stopped him because she wasn't interested. Which is a complete lie. She's very clearly hurt and feels like, you know, oh, great. Now I'm stuck with this oaf. I can't attract other men. Um, yeah. You know, and she's very much dejected. And she's trying to salvage those feelings a little bit by lying to her husband, saying that he actually did want her, but she was being faithful so she could feel good about herself. That's basically what's happening. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. And then, uh, more important than that, we see the artist and the blonde are in bed together. They are having some pillow talk. Uh, some post-coital pillow talk um and they seem very happy so hey you know you sometimes find love in crazy places um so see here then uh lisa meets with the butler outside uh he thinks that it's either her cousin or the broke husband she can't think of the cousin she goes he's disgusting he goes but i don't think he could kill his mother uh she was too important to him and then there's this whole little thing where he tries to explain how she strang he strangled the mother and none of that's working out i kind of like how uh, she pictures it in her mind like how he would do yeah. it and like the passionate using his hands are actually absolutely how it would happen he wouldn't use the wire so that's how she knows that that's not him exactly 
And then she's like, the broke husband, it's possible, but then she questions a couple of the other murders about why they would happen. Why would the, the broke husband do that? It would just be maybe the her husband and then Harry because those two made boned his wife. Then we see the cousin is sitting in his room ripping up porn while hearing his mother's voice. So yeah, I'm sure that's going to just go really well in the future yeah i mean he is going to definitely end up on dexter's list yeah he's definitely going to end up like in a cop station going a boy's best friend is his mother <laughs> right um, he's he's about to open up his own goddamn hotel chain yeah yeah then uh we see the broke husband he's leaving he doesn't give a shit anymore he's packing his bags uh he's like wow i'm missing a jacket huh and the wife doesn't want him to leave or he, she wants to go with him and he pushes her aside and he gets the fuck out of there uh then all of a sudden we see a jacket being returned by of course a gloved killer's hand uh then we see the killer enter the broke people's room and he kills the broke wife uh with a knitting needle too. rather brutally yeah, and yeah slowly like making her fear for it and it's definitely a another psycho reference but um they do it their own way and the stabbing is pretty pretty grotesque um i thought that in this scene before when she goes to get showered like after the husband's running away i think that's when she looks like she must have been more beaten up and roughed up when he's running away and I and I don't know if she's beat up or roughed up, but I think she's mentally at her end. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, uh, the I way he's with everything happening. Yeah, and the way uh, he's running away from her like that and just yeah. leaving her. Yeah, it's and and then like when for her to be tormented in such a way, the way she's being killed is pretty awful too. Yeah, exactly. Then the broke husband, well, he's heading out and the, he wants to take the car and he tells the driver, "Hey, the mistress wanted to see you." And he goes, "Oh, okay." And he goes, the driver goes to take the keys, and the broke husband's like, "Nah, leave the keys." And then they get into a fight, and the broke husband kills the driver. He kills Nashy by fucking a wrench, caving his fucking head in. I could not process this. I did not think that Paul Nashy could die on film were he not a werewolf being killed by the one who loved him. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, well, he did. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, clearly I'm being facetious, but yeah, I'm yeah. not accustomed to seeing Paul Nashy die on film, and I don't like it. I don't, you don't, no, I don't like it, sir. Um, <laughs> Thank you, movie, but no, I hate it. Yeah. I did not. I did not care for it. Uh, that's a that's a do not like. That's a thumbs down. I don't want to see another video like that. Paul Nashy being beaten to death by a guy who's got fucking lemmy chops the size of New York City. No thanks, movie. I didn't want to see that. No, no thank you. Um. Then the butler tells Lisa about the two new murders, and all of a sudden uh, the guy's driving and he loses control of the car and he crashes and he dies because he crashes down a pretty big fucking hill. He loses control of the car because the brakes were cut. Somebody cut the brakes so no one could get away. Yeah. Yes. And then Lisa tells the group that the broke husband was the killer. Um, uh, and that he's gone ahead and he's died as well. Uh, they all agree that all the dirty laundry they all aired out at dinner and everything will all be forgotten so everyone's reputation can be protected. And we know this is bullshit as an audience because we saw that the brakes were cut, meaning that the killer must have done that for whoever was going to get away. Yeah. And then they figure, they're like, uh, but however, when they talk about it, no one can figure out why the broke husband committed some of the murders he did commit. They almost make no sense, but no one's really thinking about it. Everyone's kind of getting ready to leave. And 
then the butler and Lisa are walking alone, and he tells her that he actually rigged the car to crash because he wanted to stop the killer from trying to leave. And she's like, oh, you know, you're not supposed to do that. We can't take justice on our hands. Then she sees on his coat that he's got missing material. It's the butler who's the killer. He wants the money. He wanted her. He wanted her husband out of the way. Wanted a lot of people out of the way. Um, She runs away. He chases her. He's going to kill her. But there is the artist with a gun. He shoots the guy. He shoots the butler. Kills him. Roll credits. I like when the killer in this case goes for the lady. He gets shot once and then he goes again. Like he's going to try and kill her no matter what. Like he's so determined. He's got so much hate in his heart. And Jack Taylor's character of the artist puts like three fucking bullets in him to stop him because he keeps trying to kill the lady. It's grotesque. Yeah, man. Uh, now, do you believe he was only after money or he was after her as well? Like, wanted her to be with him? I believe that his obsessive greed made him want the entirety of the lawyer's wife without any of the actual work. I got gotcha. you. Including the wife is what I believe. But also, I feel as though he has serious psychopathy because he embedded himself in her life trying to suss out himself. Like, that's, that's a total psychopathic move. That's like being the cop that's in charge of the investigation of the serial killings that you yourself are committing. Yeah. I mean, that's so, like epic level of fucking psycho. Yeah, that is some crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, the way that this film lays this stuff out and the way that it takes so long and then it's very clear that the killer is just doing what they're going to do, you know? I mean, yeah. I really like the part where the ant grabs the button and, you know, wrenches it from the jacket and there's material with it as well and they get the material back, but they don't get the button. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's, uh, yeah, I, I loved all the little things. I tried to pay attention. I thought maybe when the lady was going to draw the lipstick on the mirror, I thought it was going to be something Uh, that didn't really pan out. Yeah, they didn't really visit that again. But it, what uh, it really served a great purpose is watching her so horrifically and dramatically die. Like, the film yeah. makes you wait for so long, but when you see the death scenes, they are dramatic, and you feel the death of each of these individuals. Even if you hate them, you feel bad for how horribly they are suffering as they die. Yeah, I agreed. Totally. And, and I fucking am angry that the movie made me feel that way about some of them, too. Yeah, because a lot of them are just horrible They're fucking, fucking people. Awful, rotten fucking people that deserve the horrible deaths they get, and yet I still no. felt bad watching it happen. Red and Harry, they need to die. I felt bad for the driver. He didn't need to die. Yeah, well, that uh, was a murder because the guy was yeah. a drug dealer, apparently, and was trying to <laughs> flee with the drugs before the police got there. And, uh, I mean, the, the broke husband deserved to die because he also killed a guy just because just he wanted to leave, and he was an abuser. I felt bad for the broke wife. You know, she was doing what she had to do to try to survive, and then this guy just gets all fucking uppity about it. And you can tell he probably has beaten her before and living under constant fucking scrutiny like she probably did. So I felt bad for her. Um, I didn't feel bad for Harry or Red. They were doing some sketchy ass shit. So Well, the fact that Red knew but wouldn't reveal and could have saved everyone yeah. by revealing right away directly to the mistress in yeah. confess in private. Yeah. But but you know, yeah. So a lot of heels, not a lot of faces. Uh, you're happy that like, you know, the blonde lady and the, uh, the artists found each other. And so they're going to be happy. And, face you know, turns. You had two face that. turns and then yeah, you're happy. Face that, turns. Yeah. That you had two face. You had, you had a couple that like face turned together because they grow and you kind of hope that the, these two kids can, you know, make it in the world where he's forging paintings and yeah. she's waiting for her daddy to die and hope that she's still in the will. Yeah. And, and 
but I'm still kind of like, uh, I don't think, I don't know, Lisa, you kind of put everyone there to die. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, that's kind of heelish behavior. I can kind of understand on the vengeance quest and trying to make sure that my significant other's death does not go unavenged. I yeah. can understand the drive, but the cost that it, it was to everyone that was around her whenever she set this event up was definitely too high for the resolution that she sought. And I, I hope that she, as a character, I hope her character will essentially realize what it is that she's done and the guilt will sort of take care of itself there and she will proceed to lead a better life with her money from this and learn a life lesson. I doubt she will, but let's hope, you know? Yeah. I mean, because she clearly was manipulated by the man who murdered her husband just so he could stup her and she fell for it. She's got yeah, to work exactly. on herself as a person a little bit and come back from that. She's got to figure out some shit. Choose choose some better people in the world. Yeah. And we went way too goddamn long on this movie for PSYOP news as far as I'm fucking concerned. I'm fucking done. I, I kind of figured we were going yeah, to. Yeah, there's way too much to talk there's about. so much to unpack. Uh, again, though, definitely four for five. Um... I, I'm going to probably watch this again without having to take notes to really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and you will still have to pause it and go back for the subtitles yeah. because they, the dialogue is fast and heavy and they talk over each other and it's really intriguing and a fascinating film. And yeah, I would recommend watching it without having to take notes. I'm sorry. You probably should have done it that way. <laughs> I just, I didn't know, or I would have warned you, you know? Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm quite pleased with how it went. I knew I was going to watch it a second time. I just ran out of time before I could. Uh, uh but I, I definitely want to watch it the same time. It sounds like a lot. It, it's a, it's a great fun movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. So, uh, in, cause uh, it was another great mystery. I mean, you just, <laughs> I don't know, man. It just, that's all I can actually say. It was just a great mystery. Yeah. It was an amazing mystery that shoehorned a killing spree giallo at the end that felt like Richard Speck, where it's just like a bunch of people all at once in the house at night. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a fact. Yeah, and then some more okay. people the next night. You know, like it just keeps ratcheting it up. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and 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 yeah, how much it took you to get to that point was maybe some of the best stuff ever. Yeah, it was really a great tension building and character development um, type of film, and it really hinged a lot of the movie on that because I think that's yeah. where most of the budget went was for these beautiful surroundings for them to be able to have the discussions that they had in it. But uh, the dialogue nailed it. Like it kept me intrigued for sure. And that may not work for everybody. This this is definitely not probably everybody's cup of tea when they want to get a Giallo, but I was pleasantly surprised and loved this. And I just want to state, too, this closes out the one of the box sets. After covering this film, I can now display completely Giallo Volume 1 on my nice. shelves instead of how, keeping it in the box of the stuff to watch for Cinema PsyOps. <laughs> stuff to watch. For PsyOps. It, that's, it's written on the box pretty similar to that. Nice. <laughs> All right. So my apologies to PJ Harvey's Down by the River because uh, that will not make it on the show because we went over long tonight and there's no PsyOp news. But what we're going to do now is play the Ending Legion promo and close out this fucking discussion about The Killer is One of 13. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Mean Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, 
obsessive cinema discourse pick six movies the podcast by the cemetery the podcast on haunted hill the psycho semantic podcast rick radio house of wax dude looks like the 80s rabbit and red radio the shade cast short bus cinema two drink minimum commentaries the vd clinic who will survive horror podcast and which versus the doomsday clock with such a widespread of shows there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with horror politics movies books sex music commentaries health video games kaiju action news comedy and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world we are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world check us out at www.legionpodcast.com itunes spotify stitcher youtube and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found Jones is Delilah. Tell me, Matt, have you heard that one before? I have not, actually, so that was nice. Tom Jones does a hell of a fucking murder ballad in Delilah, folks. It's uh, pretty stellar, I gotta say. Damn, that's good shit. <laughs> yeah, if you'd like to find the other instances where I have shilled for Tom Jones's music on our podcast, it's available in the previous 336 instances where that may or may not have happened. Legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. That is our main landing and our launching page where you can locate all Tom Jones shilling done by Yeah, court. get into that Tom Jones shit. You can also check out our memes in the meme repository on Instagram. Cinema underscore psyops is where you're going to find those memes that I have curated for you thrice daily, sometimes four times a day. Ooh. And every now and then a catterday. Of course you got to do it on a catterday. I got to do we're, a catterday. We're not fucking stupid around here, are we? <laughs> That's Instagram underscore psyops. If you feel like Catterday is not something Cinema Psyops should be participating in, first of all, fuck off. Second of all, you can yeah, tell me so on you. Twitter. What can I do doing fucking... Yeah. Why can't we be doing it? <laughs> you could have also tweet at me about why you feel this way, at court underscore psyop, but I hope you get ratioed for being anti-cat. Yeah, don't be anti-cat. You guys, you people need to be better. <laughs> be pro, do better. Be pro-cat and let us have Catterday. Yeah, yeah. Be better. One of the places where you can possibly be better, but let's face it, folks, it's going to make you worse, is our Facebook group, Cinema Psyops. That's that's a fact. You'll be more respectful of your fellow man, but you will also lust after them a little more, too. A little. A little. I mean, come on. A lot of free, sexually speaking folks that uh, talk about some weird shit in that group without getting zucked and how they do it, I 
I don't know, but just keep it up, folks. I haven't gotten yeah. any warnings for content in a really long time, and I'm proud of y'all. Get sexual with it if you want. It's fine. <laughs> but, as long as everybody's okay with it. Yeah, just consent as well, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Course. You can find consent. me on Facebook in that group as Court Psyops. And yes. If you are confused about how consent works and you would like a one on one where someone will not belittle you about that, email me, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com, and I will do my best to teach you how consent actually works. I mean, are you going to actually teach them or are you just going to like fucking just crack them one or something? Because, I mean, fuck, man. You should know how consent works. One of the easiest ways to learn how consent works is to actually have a cat for a pet because if you don't understand consent, a cat will teach you the concept yeah, very that's, quickly. Uh, this is true. <laughs> so once this again, is, it's back to facts. cats, catter days, and cinema science can somehow man. make it all work. And, and Kick people, the fuck out of this week cool about it. and make it your bitch. Hey, you were showing up as like not available, so that's why I asked if you Weird. were. Wrong. Yeah, no, my Skype was being an asshole. All right, this time make sure your snowball is the one that's actually selected before you record yep. and record. It is, and one, two, three. The killer is one of thirteen, correct? That is correct. No clips again. Yeah, Listen, uh, this is a movie ripe for clips, man. I wish there was fucking. <laughs> I know. Let's hold our water on this. We'll just fucking start the show. Here we go. What? What? He's every Rodney Dangerfield character, like, ever. Just without the charm. Right. Because at least Rodney had some charm. There's a one very specific character that had none of that Rodney Dangerfield charm with all of the Rodney well, Dangerfield menace, and that's a Natural Born the, Killers. Yeah, natural, Yeah, we don't count that. I don't count that. That's some of his <laughs> finest acting that that man has ever done, though. <laughs> oh, probably. Oh, I don't disagree. I'm when you're talking about the kind of characters that he usually plays. Right. They all have a like a charm to them. Yeah, but um, this is more like the real irritating, like like obnoxious one without the charm, like the, the Caddyshack danger field where he really is obnoxious and he has to rein it oh, in. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You wanna you wanna make twenty dollars the hard way? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's like Thornton Mellon before he goes back to college. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> no yeah, you can use uh, whatever dresses for my uh, with, with the tall and fat store. No offense. My favorite things. What do you? No offense, though. Ah, don't ask any more questions. The mistress won't like it and sends her on her way. There's a lot of talk um, of what the mistress won't and will not like, and it's very confusing for a person yeah, of my... Yeah. Never mind. Because you'll be like, we, what, why won't she just like it? Why do so many things displease the mistress of this house? Why do so many things... Oh, mistress, please be kind. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Jack Taylor, I believe, is the actor's name. I'll have to double check, but Jack Taylor. It is Jack Taylor. Harlan the Artist is cool. Jack Taylor. God damn, man. It may be Delta 8, but that Skywalker OG ain't fucking around. I'll tell you what. Yeah, you all right over there? I, I don't know. 
I enjoyed watching it in the context of the movie, but had I seen somebody do that in real life, I would be like, okay, enough. All right, man, we get it. Guy's kind of a dick. Let's all just settle down. Look, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but Jesus fucking Christ, could you do it to him in private? <laughs> yeah, you're starting to starting to make everyone else here feel uncomfortable, and I don't know. You're making me feel bad for this fucking piece of shit, and I don't like it. Stop. That's how yeah, I yeah, would probably exactly. phrase it. I'm not trying to feel bad for people. Another lady takes her away and they go for a walk because she's like, you're kind of being a bitch. Um, and part of me started getting super excited when these two ladies were walking off together where I'm like, all right, Spanish movie, I see where you're going with this and I think I like it. All right, all right, all right. So, I sure uh, hope you don't disappoint my expectations that are so high right now, Spanish film. And then I looked it up on IMDb and saw that the nudity was none and got super yeah. fucking sad. And then everyone cried. I know I did this week. Yep, same. Cinema Psyops, Cinema Beat, Devour the Fuck Podcast. Fuck you, Pat. <laughs> Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. Friday the 13th. <laughs> Fucking phone fell on it. That's hilarious. And make it your bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking cats. That's what we're at now. (laughs) What's awesome about it is we're fucking nerdy. Yeah. (laughs) We really are. We're both so fucking nerdy, and I don't think people realize that. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah, right? Fuck it. (laughs) Also, I did actually post a Catterday meme, and it did not do well, so I'm just being weird about it. Oh, no. Fuck them. They gotta love Catterday. Are you still recording? <laughs> yes, I am. Fuck it. All right, hold on. And I'm now done recording. Oh, mistress, please be kind.